Welcome to Journey Within with myself, Nigel Paul Miller. Today I'm joined by Michael Lumen. Michael is an incredible individual who has created a revolutionary method of instant healing. This method leverages the power of the quantum field through laser-focused psychic projection. A few years ago, Michael sustained serious injuries from which he miraculously healed himself practically overnight. Michael's message to the world is that all possibilities exist in the quantum field, and he wishes to raise awareness of this fact to enable us to experience miraculous changes in our lives. So great to have you on the show, Michael. Thanks so much for joining me. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. That was a good intro. I liked it. <laughs> yeah, I did my research. I did my research. Um, so, yeah, so really, really great. Um, obviously, you know, we had a chat there the other day. We were talking about stuff uh, briefly. Um, but just for people listening now to the episode, um, tell us a little bit about your background and what led you to discover uh, that you were an instant healer. Well, and, and I wouldn't say that necessarily I'm just an instant healer. I mean, I've learned that everybody, are, we're, the healing happens because we're meant to heal. You know, we're, we're meant to heal instantly. It's our own, our own perception and our own fears that, that get in the way. And I, I think that's what creates the, the time component. Um, yeah, where to start, right? I mean, every, everything that has happened up to this point in my life has put me in a position to where um, healing was possible. Um, you know, looking back, if, if, if I hadn't gotten injured playing high school sports and I hadn't spent 10 years of my life addicted to drugs and alcohol and two years in prison and been clean and sober for 18 and gone on a 12,000 mile bicycle ride in 2007 and written a book and then still suffered, you know, more injuries and, you know, seven right knee surgeries, two left knee surgeries, two broken ankles, a torn quad, two torn hamstrings, um, an eight and a half millimeter protrusion in L4, L5, a back surgery, and then being at the point of having labrum tears in my hips and bilateral impingements in my hips and re-herniating the same disc in my back three weeks after my back surgery and wow. being at a point of feeling I was out of options, I might not have been able to instantly heal myself but throw in going through or being in the middle of a divorce um i was out of options wow so, that is something else that is something else if let's say if one of my doctors would have been more um if the appointment would have been more promising Right, I might have continued down that path of, of surgeries to, to fix the problem. But what had happened is it had been you know, two years of miserable pain, feeling like I was getting kicked in the groin all day long, um, only to find out that it wasn't just the back that was bad, it was the hips as well. And the, the hip surgeon wanting me to have my back done again and then get in shape for a year so that he could do my hips but I didn't that was too much for me to for me to grasp and wow, coming from a um, time as being an addict right pain medication wasn't something that I was was willing to take um, and so I was out of options 
Now, I had already started to um, understand that there was more to reality than just the physical. And I actually already started to do um, some things around, you know, frequencies and vibrations to promote healing and athletic um, performance. I'd already started working with athletes and found that I could program different frequencies into certain patches and have them wear the patches and would increase their performance. Wow. And then was already to the point to where I didn't even need to put a patch on them. I could, I could just focus my intention on them and the performance increase would be the same as if they were wearing the patch. So I'd already started to understand possibilities in that, in that sense. But sometimes it's easier to accept it for somebody else than it is to accept it for yourself. But I think what the, the biggest shift was is once I understood that things could be programmed with energy, whether it was a patch or a bracelet or a, a crystal or whatever, whatever it is, a rock, right? Energy could be held in certain things. and. I'd already gotten to the point to where I understood that all my injuries were not a result of sports. Right? Everybody would say, oh, well, it's because you played sports too hard or it's because of, you know, whatever. You played too fast or whatever they wanted to say. I mean, looking back, really what it was was, I broke my kneecap my junior year in basketball and emotionally or energetically or spiritually or however you want to call it, I never recovered. And so I, it just allowed me to be more susceptible to other injuries. So a year later I injured my knee again only because that was the weakest link. So if I was a pitcher in baseball, it might not have been my knee. It might have been my elbow, right? Or if I was a tennis player, it might have been my shoulder. But since I was playing basketball, it was a lower leg injury. So I already started to understand the energy component of things. And I think the one thing that was was holding me back the most was all those years I had taken everybody's pain i'd already been disappointed with how my life had had turned out i already felt like i threw my athletics away i didn't compete in college athletics like i wanted to i didn't make it to the olympics like i wanted to i didn't set the state record in the 800 like i wanted to right so i was kind of like a um a a magnet for everybody else's pain because I already felt like I'd already ruined, you know, all of my goals and dreams. So I took everybody else's pain and I didn't want to just let that pain go. Cause I didn't really understand where it went yet. And in my mind, if I just let it go, then it could go into the person next to me or it could go into the bird in the sky. You know, where does the pain go if I let it go? So what I did was I, I literally, I could hardly, hardly walk upright. 
and I went out of town about two hours away and I went and hiked to this river and I found a rock and I put all the pain in a rock and I threw the rock in the river and instantly it was done. Wow, that is incredible. That is an incredible story. And I mean, what, what was going through your mind when you went down to that river with that rock? I mean, what, what was, was it your intention? Were you just 100% convicted that you were just going to heal yourself? I mean, what, what, was going through, what was the thought processes going through your mind at the time? And, you know, I don't know if, if I... knew that it was going to work. I just knew that I was running out of options. And I already knew that I could take a, a rock and let's say program it with 7.83 hertz and have somebody hold it and muscle test them and they would muscle test stronger with the rock than without the rock. So I already understood that I could put something in a rock. Right, but the 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 rock was just what freed my subconscious to let go of all the pain because the pain didn't really go into the rock, right? There's, there's something or someone or, or the reason that this works is because it's already been all accounted for, right? We're, we're not meant to be in pain. We're not meant to not heal, right? So the pain didn't necessarily go into the rock. It just went back to whoever has already um, accounted, for. accounted for all the pain, right? So the so, rock I mean, was just what allowed my subconscious to let go of it all. So would you say then, I mean, you know the way this kind of this ancient kind of spiritual principle about everything being one? Um, and everything is just the different manifestations of the same one infinite, you know, either consciousness or infinite universal energy. So, I mean, basically what you're saying is that the rock, you basically took that energy and put it into rock because the rock was essentially part of you already. And the energy was just, you were just shifting that energy into the rock essentially because it was already well, accounted for. So I, what way, what I way would you explain it? I, I don't know if I put it into the rock. I just allowed it to leave me and go to the creator. Wow. The rock was just where my um, level of awareness was at the moment. Wow. But the rock just made it possible. That's incredible. But, you know, That's what I know now after the experience, right? I, I, I know the rock didn't didn't take the energy, but the rock just allowed my subconscious to come along. Because you know what happens a lot of times is you know we're like icebergs. Five percent of it's above water, and that's what we can see, right? Our consciousness. Mm, yeah. The subconscious is the ninety-five percent that's under the water. So it's hard it's hard to think the subconscious any different, right? So. If I sit around and think how wonderful I am, until I go out and start doing wonderful things, 
my subconscious is going to eventually convince me that I must not be wonderful. So the action of belief, you know, that, that transition from the believing to knowing is where, is where that miracle takes place. Yeah, because I looked on your Instagram page there and you have uh, a couple of different quotes of your own. And one of them was, doing is the action of belief. Doing Correct. is the action of belief. And yeah, it's so, so true. Like, I mean, you can sit around all day and, and think happy thoughts and, and have positive intentions for your life. But if you're not putting yourself out there in the world and if you're not expressing what you want to do and, you know, taking action towards the unknown, Know, acting in courage uh, with regards to what you want to achieve yeah it's it's not going to happen so so doing itself is faith in action as well right you and know? and the 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 building of the faith or the building of the belief into the knowing that's what makes it permanent because even after i threw the rock and the pain was gone and I was walking upright and I drove back two and a half hours to Portland and then I got on a paddleboard and paddleboarded across the Columbia River, which is like, you know, a half a mile across, half a mile back with no pain. Any, any time that I had a twitch, if I thought that that twitch was anything other than a twitch, the pain would have come back. Right. Because yeah. the doubt creeps back in. So a twitch is just a twitch. But again, our, our subconscious is lazy. Right. It wants to say that a twitch is something it already knows what the twitch is. So it doesn't have to think about it. So if the twitch is back pain again or torn labrums again or, you know, whatever it is, then it comes then it comes right back. So, you know, through this, this experience, I mean, not only was I able to, to heal myself instantly, which is a great thing, but I found that now I'm able to focus my intention on others and they're able to heal as well. Wow. So, I mean, so how many people have you actually worked with to heal over the past few years? Um, I would say hundreds wow and i mean what ailments have you healed well first i wouldn't say that that i healed anything because people don't heal other people you know, people can encourage other people to heal but the, the healing's all left up to the individual so if i were to explain it the easiest way possible i might say that if the world is contracting, right? If the world's pulling people in or making people small or not allowing their light to shine, you know, whatever you want to call that force, right? That makes us unempowered to do things ourselves. Yeah. I, I push the world back so the person has space to heal. Wow, I love that. I absolutely love that. Right. Or, or I'm a, a cheerleader. I encourage people to do what they're already capable of doing. That doesn't mean that 
it's all the individual or it's all me, right? It's a, it's a combination because if I become a better encourager, then more people are able to heal. So I'll give you a couple examples. Since, since chronic pain doesn't seem to have a, a time frame attached to it, it seems to be one that the results are really high. Let's say 80 or 90%, right? Mm -hmm. So the more that something is, is less attached to a time frame, and also the more that you're able to notice a physical change, the quicker and the easier the results. But let's say like um, vision. Vision or eyes seem to be more difficult and probably for a few different reasons. One, it's pretty easy just to wear glasses, right? So there's a cost reward that's always, always there. Um, also, for the eyes to change instantly, there's no separation from time, right? Because we're always using our eyes, right? So for the eyes to be fuzzy one second and then not fuzzy the next second tends to be a little bit of a jump for people. But once I had a lady that was, well, let me just tell, explain a little bit about her situation. She was 100% blind in one eye. And she was to the point to where she was going to have a, an operation to, I think, replace the, the lens or something. And they said she might get back 25% of her, her vision. Right? But the surgery was you know, $10,000 and she didn't necessarily have the money. So it's not like there was a crutch or something that she could use in the meantime. Right? Mm -hmm. And her vision came back to about 80%. Wow, that's now, incredible. The, the biggest question I have after why did it stop at 80%? But that, that's where the whole cost reward thing comes in, right? She was okay with 80% because you still got the subconscious, you still have the ego that's saying, wait a second, this isn't possible. And if this is possible, then what are we going to have to do, right? So if it comes back to 80%, then maybe miracles don't really happen. Maybe this was just like a, a coincidence. But if it was 100%, then what was she going to have to do? And so She'd she was to, okay at 80%. She would have had to change but, her model of reality, essentially. And that's, uh, the subconscious mind would obviously find that to be painful because of right, all the and, truths and that it's attached to. the subconscious was only a, able to change it to the 80%. So even, let's take somebody that has, um, you know, chronic pain, back pain that can't walk up and down the stairs. And let's say the pain's an eight. And I focus my intention on them. The pain might go from an eight to, or a 10 to an eight. And then from an eight to a five. And then I might have them get up and try walking up and down the stairs. And the pain might go from a five to a two. And then all of a sudden they can walk up and down the stairs. At that point, it's pretty much done. Because the subconscious sees that action that I was talking about the action of walking up and down the stairs, and it has to come along. It can no longer question whether it worked or not. Now, if they just sat in a chair and said, oh, well, the pain's a, 
the pain's an eight, and then it's a five, then it's a three. If they don't do anything to facilitate, oh, well, the pain's a three, then what will happen? It'll become a five, and then it'll become an eight, and then it'll be a 10 again. Because if it was a three, why did you not get up and do something different? Exactly. Exactly. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. And it's amazing how our subconscious minds have been programmed to essentially hold us back from our potential. Um, you know, and it's, it's personal resistance. Um, it's just it's well, the, so, so many people are held back. The ego wants to let us down easy. So if, if we are eternal beings, and this is just a, a small portion of eternity, and the ego's only stuck in the physical experience, right? And the ego can see that, oh, wait, this is going to be over one day and it'll be over forever because the ego can't see eternity. So the ego doesn't want to die of nothing. So the ego always wants us to die of something. So then it's not that much of a shock. So it's always trying to lessen the blow but it's not doing us any favors by doing that and do you think there's a way for people to kind of try and like work with their ego because like the ego in the last few years especially around spiritual circles has gotten a lot of kind of negativity saying the ego's bad and ego's this that and the other but i find that i mean i think it's important to have a certain amount of ego so that you can kind of protect yourself in the world and kind of have have a sense of, of power within yourself and um, but it's when the ego starts working against you and restricting you and holding you back and holding you down that's when it becomes a problem yeah and i would i would say that the ego as long as the ego is aligned with purpose then we're okay because that allows us to make decisions faster than what what we could make without it but what happens is our ego slides over and isn't aligned with our purpose and then those instant decisions aren't in alignment with who we really are. And so it's always a, a, a power struggle between us and our ego. Yeah. So it's not, it's not that we want to distance ourselves from our ego because then what happens is eventually it sneaks up and, and bites us, right? If we want to think that something doesn't exist, eventually we will find out that, oh, wait, it does exist. So mm. acknowledge that, yeah, we all have one, but just bring it along with us. Yeah, know exactly. that it's there and know that if it's aligned with purpose, then decisions can be instant. And how do you find, like, um, like I suppose, personal resistance in a sense, if you want to do something positive in your life and then you have kind of... You know, like sometimes like people want, might make a decision because they want to gain from it, but they can feel it in their, in their heart chakra nearly that it's the wrong decision, but they go ahead with it anyway. Even though there's a feeling there, there's a nagging feeling telling them not to do it, but they do it anyway for the gain. Well, so, I mean, I don't know if we necessarily make wrong. I mean, we're so programmed to believe that everything is wrong and right. Hmm. Right? So we're constantly evaluating every little choice that we make. But what tends to happen is then we get stuck in worry. 
And if we use like our hand as an example, let's say we're in the palm of our hand and our fingers are choices. And we're making choices based off of the information that we have at the moment. As soon as we go to the knuckle, if, if at the knuckle we decide that was the wrong decision and retreat back to the palm, then we basically go back to the same place with the same information. Wow, so basically what you're saying in simplest terms there is that the mistakes that we make in our lives are necessary um, for us to progress because then we learn from them afterwards and we evolve ourselves as a result of making those mistakes in the first place. Right, so, so what tends to happen is people get stuck in worry because they retreat back past the choice to make the same choice with the same information. Right, so if the choice is just information to make the next choice, then there's no reason to go back to the palm, right? Huh. Because wow. just sidestep to the next knuckle and make the next best choice with the new information. So when you say sidestep to the next knuckle, what do you mean by that? Could you give an analogy? Well, for let's that? say you're trying. You, let's just say you're trying to progress from from the palm of your hand out the tip of your fingers. You know, instead of going to the first knuckle and thinking, oh, that was the wrong choice and retreating back to the palm, all you need to do is just make the next choice and go to the next knuckle. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, that's a, that's a very interesting concept. <laughs> but, you know, again, it, it, it's, we're programmed to believe that it's right and wrong. It's good and bad, right? That if, if we do one thing that that will keep us from doing something else. When success, it's built by, by failures. They're not different directions, right? Because failure is on the way to success. Absolutely, that's so why that's saying that it, every failure is a stepping stone on the way to success. Right. So if you look at it as like the, the Fibonacci sequence or a spiral, Right? It's, it's never a straight line back or a straight line forward. It's you go backwards so that you have more momentum to go forward. You know, it's more like a pendulum. You, wow. you, you have to sometimes rock bottom is where, where the huge changes are made. Yeah, it's nearly like it's a catalyst in a sense. Yeah. yeah. So every... Every super successful person will always share a, an experience where they decided to do things differently. So whether it's healing yourself instantly or starting a business or whatever it is, it's all the same thing. You, you're, you're out of options and you can no longer participate doing what you had done in the past. So people at rock bottom, are the ones you should bet on because they're, they're the ones that are just about ready to be successful. Sometimes when people are successful, they get complacent, right? So bet on the people that are one step from success. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, that's absolutely fantastic. Um, so, I mean, okay, so let's talk about consciousness for a minute with regards to kind of uh, the world. I mean, you know, I suppose the last few years they've been talking about this shift in consciousness that's been occurring around the planet. 
raising us to a new vibration and a new higher existence or whatever. So, I mean, you personally, what shift in consciousness do you believe that the world needs right now? And I don't, I, I don't know if it's any one thing, right? And I don't, I, I'm, I'm not one to think that things are going so awful that it's, there's no hope, right? Mm. Or it's not progressing. It just, people tend to focus on all the negative and mm. not all the positive that's taking place. The media is perpetuating that negative image of the world all the time. Right. I mean, because it, it's a, you know, if you create fear, then you have control. It captures the attention and the imagination of people and that's, you know, it hooks them in. So then they focus on it. And I think the most important thing is that we, we can't separate our, ourselves from this experience, right? So I will never be too spiritual to still have a physical experience. Mm. Right, because it's about the physical experience here. That's why, you know, we're here. So I'm never above anybody else. Yeah. So if I, let's say I, I increase my vibration, let's say I'm an 80, and then I no longer want to hang out with 70s, well, then I've, <laughs> I've separated myself from the experience. Right? I've, I've detached myself from what is most important. The most important thing is, is that I learn how to use my experience to help the 70s become 71s Absolutely. and the 71s become 72s. And, you know, we need to have people at every level so that people can see that it's possible. That's why Absolutely. when you teach somebody something and they're able to share it with somebody else, then it makes it that much more real for them. So if I hadn't already seen it work in other people, I probably wouldn't have been able to instantly heal myself, right? I just was not willing to accept it for myself yet because of my own um, fears, right? And my own not thinking I'm good enough or I'm not worthy or whatever that, that is that keeps us from being who we can really be, right? But after you see it work for somebody else and you been the catalyst you've been the one that has shared the information then it, it facilitates it in you as well right well, so that's <laughs> it's one thing to go out and and provide a bunch of miracles right you take a bunch of 70s and get them to 80s but <laughs> if you throw them back out in the same environment they're going to go back it's down pretty to where hard they're for at. an 80 to stay an 80 because everybody around them is going to convince them that they're not an 80. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's more important to use the miracles as just a way to show people what's possible, but then to teach people how to maintain an 80 or to teach people how to get 70s to 71s or how to teach people to be at every level so that everybody benefits. But do you find that the people, people kind of like in my experience, I find that you need to be looking for the answers in order to kind of be open to receiving them. And if you go out and you try and kind of, you know, 
change people to your way of thinking or you know thinking on a higher level most people will just resist because they're they're reinforcing their current reality and they don't want to open up to the new possibilities that they might be wrong so that's another way the ego kind of holds back it always wants to be right about things and if somebody comes along and you know is different or has a different way of thinking a lot of times the ego can be threatened by that so it's almost like the 70s kind of nearly defend their right to stay at 70 instead of you know wanting to evolve to 71 but yeah. if they actually are looking if they're dissatisfied with their reality if they're you know they, they feel something inside them that there's more to life than than mediocrity and more to life than what they see every day that's when i think they decide then they want to make the change and that's when they open up then to becoming you know higher higher levels and stuff like that yeah. so and and what did what did christy um christy say um in in the broadcast group right she said the answer is in the question, <laughs> right? So if you haven't asked the question, how are you gonna know what to look for? Right, you could run into the answer and not even know it. You could have the answer before right? you so, even ask the question. <laughs> well, but unless you ask the question, you won't even know it's an answer. <laughs> You'll just pass by it and not even know, right? So that's why that, you, you have to be seeking something to find it, because you don't find something unless you're looking for it. Exactly. And that also equates to just like your everyday experience in the world, you know. I mean, if you're a negative biased person and you believe the world's getting worse and worse and you believe in all this, you know, negativity, you're going to constantly see that all the time. It's uh, Jack Canfield, talk, it's a reticular activating system. And you basically, it's like yeah. when you, you buy a new car and then you start seeing the same model everywhere. Whereas before you never saw the car before, you know, and it's, that, it's, it's like yeah. we, we get, we see what we look for. Exactly. And like after my experience of healing myself and then kind of seeing things in a whole new way, if I were to go out, let's say go downtown here in, in the city I live in and just open myself up to people and to possibility, I would always run into somebody and the conversation would always end with, I manifested this to happen or I prayed for this to happen or I knew this was going to happen, or this was so crazy because this is, right? So every time it would happen that way. And I would yeah. be like, I know. And they'd be like, no, you don't know. I mean, I really, and I'm like, no, I do know. I'm like, no, you didn't know, right? <laughs> because it was such a um, synchronistic, you know, synchronistic Synchronicity. thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Yeah. And it just shows that, when we open ourselves up to possibilities, then possibilities will happen. If we close ourselves off to possibilities, then that will never happen. And, you know, I think one day it would be interesting to take a, a group of people and track their progress through reality or space and time or whatever, right? To see <laughs> how close these spirals were to each other at other moments in time, right? You know, when you meet somebody and you're like, I know I met you before, right? And our, our minds want to go to past lives or, you know, something to make it make sense, mm -hmm. right? But we are energetic as much as we are physical. How do you know that our energies didn't cross paths one time so that when that meeting does take place, it feels a little bit more familiar so that that miracle can happen, right? But do you find, like, I know people say that, that they might have known each other before, but 
I, I kind of had a theory about it as well, that is it not because you're on the same kind of vibration that you kind of, it seems familiar because that other person is kind of vibrating on the same level as you. So that's why you, like, you know, you can meet people. I mean, I do it all the time. I go yeah. out and I meet, I meet new people that I've never met before and I end up becoming best friends with them. Like literally, you know, after meeting them for one time. So, I mean, is it not more got to do with the fact that you're attracting those people into your life because you're on the same level of consciousness as them and you're kind of vibrating on the same wavelength? Well, I, I'm sure that's part of it, but there's also things that happen that we don't see all the time, right? A little thing that sets up the bigger miracle, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe, maybe we were neighbors at one point and we might not have ever met physically, but the energies oh. cross paths, right? So that when we right. finally do meet them physically, that that experience is able to have a, an impactful result. Wow. So it's almost like the spiral going around, but as it's, as it's going to, I don't know if it's going in or it's going out of the circle, but yeah. So each time you're passing each other's path, you're crossing each other's path, but then eventually at some point in time, then you end up meeting and your energies merge in a sense. Right. And, and we have huge energy fields that we can pick up information from not just across the street. I mean, some of us can pick up information from across the world. Right. I mean, there's plenty of, of documented cases of inventions that took place between 1700 and 1900, and they don't know who to credit it to. The person in the United States or the person in Europe, right? Hmm. Who did it first? Right. Did one person think it, the other person do it or, or the other way around, right? So the information is held in the consciousness. It's always there hmm. to tap into. Absolutely. And was it Carl Jung said about the collective consciousness? It's crazy because that, that's how, I, you know, when you have like a thought about a friend, I'm sure everybody's had this where they, they're thinking of their friend and that mightn't have seen for ages. And then next thing they get a phone call from them or a text message from them, or they might have had a dream about them. Um, and the next day they see, do you know what I mean? Like, so that stuff happens all the time. Right, yeah. It's not, that stuff isn't right. supernatural. Like it happens all the time to people all the time. And you know, that's, sure. that's one like example how many of times it. Have how many times have you called somebody and they said, oh, I was just going to call you? Yeah, exactly. Right? Or, or even, even somebody that, that wants to say that this reality is only physical and you ask them the question, well, if a negative person walks into the room, <laughs> do you know it? They always say, yeah. And it's like, well, have you talked to them? Do you know they're negative? Was there a negative sign on them telling you they were negative <laughs> no you picked up on something right and it, it wasn't physical yeah absolutely i mean there's their vibration essentially you're you're picking up on it you're you're basically detecting it subconsciously and if you're aware of that type of stuff you're going to be able to identify what it means but a lot of people yeah they just they're not conscious of that type of stuff you know um but yeah so i mean wow that's that's absolutely incredible um about the healing you know and i mean what kind of uh what kind of vision do you have for yourself with regards to to this healing like i mean what where would you like to take this in well, the next few I years mean, I, I like doing i like doing the one-on-one -on -one stuff but i also I, I like to teach because unless i can share it and teach somebody else to do it it's only me trying to change the world, mm. right? And how many people can I affect? Not, not very many, right? But if you can teach people what's possible, 
and allow them to do the same thing, then how many people can can be reached? Absolutely. And especially and, in this day and age with social media and stuff like that, I mean, you can literally grow, grow following so quickly. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, the potential for it is, is definitely infinite. And, and it, it's not enough just to take somebody from 70 to 80 and then leave them at 80 and expect them to maintain. Right. That wouldn't be if you want to call whatever this is miracles. Right. It it's not much of a miracle to take somebody to 80 only to see them regress back to 70. Mm. Right. Give them a glimpse of what's possible. And then if they can't maintain it, say that, well, it's your fault that you weren't able to maintain the miracle. Right. So that's where the education is important. And it doesn't have to be complicated either. Right. I mean, I want to make it as simple as possible. I don't want people to think that they have to sit around and meditate for you know, two hours a day to make some huge changes in their life. I just mm. want them to know that it just takes a specific amount of, let's say, what did you say at the beginning? Laser focused intention. Yeah. <laughs> right. So you, you have to put, you have to put enough focused intention into one specific moment in time for that change to take place. Now, sometimes, it might take two hours to get yourself to the point to build up enough focused intention. But to come at it from thinking that you have to spend two hours to get there is the opposite of what it really is. Because it can happen instant, or it always happens instantly. We just decide how much time we want to attach to it. So I'll, I'll go back to the reference of using numbers and pain. If somebody says their pain goes from an eight to a five, it really never goes from an eight to a five. It probably goes from an eight to a zero, and they only accept a five. And then goes from a five to a zero, and they accept a three. Because time is not a constant. Like life is not a movie. It's, it's a slideshow. So it's one slide attached to the next slide. Right? So one slide can say one thing, and the next slide can say something totally different. So when I instantly healed myself, I didn't heal through the healing process that we always think about. Just mm. one moment I had torn labrums, and the next moment the information was that I didn't have torn labrums. So it's not as much, let's say, changing the energy as it is changing the information so the energy does something different. If we're pushing energy, the results are more difficult than if we just change the information so that the energy does something different. So if there's truth and light, light being the energy, the truth being the consciousness, right? As soon as you change the, the information, the energy does something different. So that's how things can happen instantly. We all, we've all heard of like energy medicine, right? Energy healing, whatever that, that newer concept is, right? But even that, that concept isn't necessarily what, what I'm talking about. You know, I'm not, I'm not necessarily talking about pushing energy or moving energy to get a different result. 
what I'm what I'm trying to teach and what I'm talking about is change the information so that the results can be instant. So how do you do that? Well, so if let's say that I'm focusing my intention on you and let's say that you're you have a torn meniscus in your knee. Right? Well, I'm not going to I'm not going to focus on the meniscus being torn and focus on healing the meniscus. Right? Because that takes time. Right? So what am I what am I going to do? Heal the meniscus through time? Right? I just want to focus that hey, the meniscus is already healed. And then I want to encourage you to know that it's healed. So if I hold the space with that information in it of a healed meniscus, and I allow you to get the information that the meniscus is healed, and then I have you take a step as if it's already healed, as soon as you take that step and it doesn't hurt, it facilitates it. It's done. Wow. So are you kind of visualizing then it being healed? And then, like when you say moving into the space or offering the space of it being healed, but it's got nothing to do with time. Well, what I'm, what I'm doing is I'm pushing everything out of the way that is trying to convince you that it's not possible. I'm taking all the fear and all the pain and I'm, pushing it away. And the only thing I'm holding around you is the possibility of it being whole or perfect or whatever you want to you wanna call that. Wow. So it's almost like you're creating kind of like a, a black hole in the, in the consciousness of the person to kind of get, you know, rid them of all the doubt that's holding them back from experiencing the healing in the first place. Right. Or if you just want to break it down to light and dark, right? If there's always a ton of dark around you, it's much more difficult to participate in the light. Mm. So if I'm, if I'm the spark to allow you to be that light, or if I'm the, the bubble that pushes back all the, the doubt, that allows you to sit with just the light. And then you get to decide to accept it or not. Wow. And again, going back to kind of what I said before, that doesn't mean that it's all on you or all on me, right? Because the more efficient I am at pushing back the dark, the easier it is for somebody to then accept the light. Right? So before I had a, a good result with somebody that had a vision problem, it was difficult for me to get results with vision because I still had my own doubts, my own fears that played into it. As soon as it happened one time, it made it a lot easier for it to happen again. So again, that goes back to the whole, the group consciousness thing, right? Or the four minute mile. As soon as somebody ran the four minute mile, yeah, in the next good. year, 200 or 20p, I can't remember what the numbers are, right? But everybody started breaking the four minute mile. Right, so once possibility is opened, it makes it that much easier for the next person to, to grab hold of it. So that's what it's about. It's about 
showing people what's possible so that possibilities can continue to expand. Wow, that makes a lot more sense. Anything is, is possible. And whether you believe that the Bible is true or whatever, right? The Bible is a book, and it's got some pretty good stories in it. And we love to use books and stories as an example of what's possible, right? So mm. we can use some of the stories in the Bible as things that have already happened that are possible, right? So walking on water is a possibility. Parting the sea is a possibility, right? But before Columbus sailed across the ocean, everybody saw the earth, or not everybody, but 99% or 95% of the people when the ship sailed away, they saw it disappear evenly, top and bottom. Oh, so the earth must be flat, but Columbus didn't see that. What he saw was the whole of the ship starting to get smaller and smaller, and then the last thing he saw was the flag at the top of the mast. So he knew the earth was round. Because unless you know something, you're not gonna go and sail around the world, right? <laughs> You wouldn't do that on a whim. He, he already knew. So back to Moses, right? Moses knew the sea would part. Because if he didn't, he would have gotten 100 yards in and tapped his buddy on the shoulder and said, I can't believe this is happening. And at that point, what would happen is the water would come crashing back in. <laughs> but he already knew the sea would part or else he wouldn't have taking everybody to the shore of the sea. That's something else. So, I mean, when did you uh, kind of first discover that you had these kind of abilities? Well, I would say that I've always had an open mind to possibility. I would say that my addiction, even though it was a 10 years of probably not the best experiences, it still opened my eyes to what was possible. I would say that my, my 12,000 mile bicycle ride around the United States was because I didn't limit myself by what I thought was possible. Right? In my head, I thought I could ride 125 miles a day, no problem. Right? So all the things that I have done have continued to open my, my mind to possibility. But I've never, I've never doubted that things can't be instant or that miracles don't happen. I mean, my addiction ended as soon as I made the choice not to do it anymore and not, not giving myself any outs. Now, it took 10 years for that to happen and me wanting to pick and choose the things I wanted to do and what I didn't want to do. But as soon as I made that choice, it was done. So everything that has happened in my life up to this point has just continued to open myself up more to possibility. But, but even after I healed myself, there was still a process of me having to start to understand this whole new reality. And so I still picked up on bits and pieces of what everybody else thought was possible. Right? So 
I, I was getting results doing different things, thinking that it was what I was doing, like the system, let's say, mm. and not, the, not just the consciousness. Well, that's something else. <laughs> it's, uh, that's mind-blowing stuff, I have to say. And um, what about that story you told me the last time we spoke about the rabbit? Um, the, the, the rabbit, the bunny, what, you know, whatever it was, was we were out with the kids and there was a, a rabbit that was in the, in the woods and they could see the rabbit, but the rabbit wouldn't come out, right? And I was at this point of exploration, right? And I was still just, it was just one possibility after another. Things were just crazy, right? Like I had gotten to the point to where I could take a quartz crystal and I could ask it to be whatever I wanted it to be. And I could put it into somebody's hand that was sensitive to energy. And they could tell me what it felt like. So whether it was a was blue kyanite, or if it was the color blue, or it was red, or it was, you know, whatever it was that I asked it to do, people that were sensitive enough would know that that's what it was. Now, in the beginning, when I still was figuring things out, I might hand it to somebody and say, oh, does this feel like blue kyanite? Right, but then I got smarter and I said, well, I don't want to ask them what it feels like or tell them what it should feel like. I want to see if they can actually feel it and know what, what it is, right? I mean, there was a time when I, when I was able to put my hand by somebody's ear and they could hear their own personal song. All these possibilities were just opening up one after another. And the rabbit, I told the kids, I said, okay, listen, come stand right here. I will just be the frequency of a rabbit and see if I can get the rabbit to come out of the woods. Now, this is the amazing part. I was muscle testing to see how far away the rabbit was. And I was like, okay, it's five feet. It's three feet. It's one feet, one foot, right? But we couldn't see a rabbit. And just as I was starting to doubt my muscle testing, a little baby bunny came <laughs> up out of the ground right by my foot. <laughs> that is absolutely crazy. Like, And your kids were there and they saw it happen, yeah? Yeah. But again, it, you know, if I hadn't, been there and seen it happen, I wouldn't have believed that it could happen. There was a time that um, my, my wife's son um, was sitting at the keyboard, okay, and he was seven, I think, at the time, and I would put my hand by his ear, and he would play what I was playing in his ear on the keyboard. He wasn't paying attention to my hand as much as he was just listening, right? So as soon as he looked back and saw my hand, then it became harder for him to do, right? But I approached it with just, here, play this, right? And he might have thought that I had a speaker by his ear or a headphone by his ear or whatever it was, right? He didn't necessarily think that it was my hand that was providing the song to play. Wow. 
So it's almost like he didn't know what the source of the information was. His mind had no way of judging that source. So he just took the information, you know, at face value. Right, but so then he, when, he, didn't, he didn't question it. Yeah. Right, but that's how, that's how we all are. Right? Sometimes the more that we know, the worse off we become. <laughs> because our knowing can limit us to what else we accept. Yeah, it's like possibilities. I mean, it's, yeah, that's exactly it. And that's what we were talking about at the start. It was like, you know, potential, like, you know, people, so many people are held back from their potential because they just don't believe it's possible. They don't, they look at, and that's another thing with the media and with, you know, I suppose the, the consumer kind of celebrity worship society that we have. People are constantly looking at these people becoming super successful in life and doing all these incredible things and going around the world. And the normal everyday person is just looking at this going, how the hell are they achieving that? How are they doing that? And they're, they're just never believing that any of that stuff is possible for them. And then they end up being depressed with their lives. They end up trying to escape through whatever means. And it's just, it's just a, a downward spiral for people. Well, and that, that is that stuck in worry, right? Retreating back to the palm, trying to make the same choice with the same information. But it goes back to what I was saying earlier, that if there's people on all the different levels, like people helping people can get everybody to an 80. Because sometimes somebody that's at a 70 does think that they will never become an 80. But if you can encourage that 70 to be a 71, and then that 71 then has the momentum to become a 72, and then they're able to bring a 69 to a 70, right? Then it's, it's everybody helping everybody. But it's like, um, let's say we have eight people that, that I teach to focus their intention on somebody. Just think how much laser-focused intention can be in that one specific moment in time for that miracle to happen, right? So I still have to get myself to a place to where I can push enough back for the person then to grab hold of that new possibility, right? But if there's eight people doing it, then if my thoughts wander for a second, it doesn't affect the outcome, Mm. right? So the more people focusing on one specific thing, the better the results become. Absolutely. And that's why they have these kind of uh, mass meditations. You know, they've been doing these recently. Um, they did something, uh, I don't know how many years ago it was, but it was somewhere, I think it was something to do with in New York or something. And it was, a, I don't know if it was a thousand people or whatever, they basically did this meditation where they intended for the crime rate to drop. And the crime rate literally dropped like by a massive amount the next day. Um, and they're doing that, you know, more and more around the world now, organizing these mass meditations to essentially affect the vibration of the planet so that it can make the world a better well, place. And, so, I, and after, yeah, after 9-11, they, they saw a significant change in the yeah. electromagnetic uh, force around the, around the Earth. Yeah. But when, when everybody is being grateful and humble and having gratitude and saying prayers and blessings and wanting the good for everybody, then it does. It makes huge changes, you know, but hopefully we don't have to have big, huge events that happen in order for that 
energy and that shift to take place. Yeah, but I um, never, I never want to separate myself from, from the whole. I, 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 I don't ever want it to be about me doing anything. I want it to be about a group of people deciding to make a difference and seeing how far we can take it. Yeah, it's all about collaboration at the end of the day. And it's, it's more powerful to collaborate. You know, more things get done when, when people join together with the right intentions. And I'm no different than you. But I'm no different than anybody else. I'm just fortunate that my life experiences put me into a place to where I was able to see what was possible. Right? But yeah. I don't want to stop there. I want to use that experience to show other people what's possible. But also what it does too is makes it so that that 10 years of addiction where I threw what I thought was everything away was worthwhile. Mm. Right? That, that what I thought that I was missing out on was really not what I was missing out on. It was what I was gaining from the experience. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's been able to kind of reframe your past to always look at the good that's going to come out of it. Because no matter what you've been through in your life, there's always a way to look at what good came out of it. Well, and, and that's that shift in perspective. Everything that happened happened because of the choices that I made, but it happened because that was the only outcome that was possible. Right? I, I became addicted to drugs because my choices led me to addiction. Yeah, exactly. So, and that comes back to then the, the theory, like, you know, about destiny and stuff like that. I mean, you know, some people have the belief that our lives have already been decided before we come here. Like, you know, we decide before we come here what experiences we want to have. We decide what people we want to interact with. Like, there's a lot of, you know, people I've spoken to kind of in psychic circles and stuff like that that have those beliefs. But I mean, when you say something like that, that, you know, those your experiences taking drugs and stuff like that 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 led you to who you are today so i mean you know what, what are your thoughts about about you know predetermined destiny or whatever well i think we always have a choice now whether somebody knows us better than we know ourselves and knows ahead of time the choices we're going to make i don't i don't necessarily worry about that because all that's important is trying to make the best choices at any given time with the information that we have. Yeah. And then if the choice is a poor, a poorer choice, making a different choice with the new information. But it's always about progression, right? It's, it's an illusion that we're regressing. It, we're always expanding right? It's just the, the fear. It's the physical experience that is trying to convince us that we're not eternal, that we're physical, that we're not a wave, that we're the particle. Yeah, I love that. I love that analogy of the wave and the particle because it's like, yeah, I mean, when you, when you have a certain perception of the world and you have a certain perception of yourself at one point in your life, you're like you really it's like you're buying into that story of being the particle but then something happens or 
you know, you might just read a book or you might meet a new person or you might meet something that just kind of gives you a new insight or a new nearly spiritual realization. And then everything changes from that point on. So it's like so many times in our lives, we we believe we're the particle and we we go about, you know, thinking we are the particle. But then from time to time, we hear new information or we hear a conversation or we hear, you know, something else that just expands our consciousness and opens our mind up to the reality that we actually are the wave. (laughs) And that's the beauty yeah, with, of life. With, without the wave, the particles are just random. Right? Without the wave, there, there is no world. There is no universe. Right? N- nothing is held together. The, the wave is the truth that makes everything work. Right? And it's, it's not by chance that this just happened. Right? I mean, even even Stephen Hawking's at the end of his life changed his view and his perspective of the Big Bang creating everything. At the mm. end, he, he was like, the chance of the Big Bang working, you have more chance winning the lottery every day <laughs> for 365 days with the same numbers. <laughs> right? It is not possible that it just happened by chance. Right. So whatever the wave is, the truth is. Ask the particle to do what the particle is doing so that we could have this experience. Yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating, like because uh, remember I was speaking to you before about Robert Lanza um, on Essentia's talk. He's a quantum physicist and he basically says that our perception of the universe and time is just, it's a tool of our own consciousness. Space and time are tools of consciousness. So all this theory about the big bang popping into existence from nowhere, all these stars being creating, everything has happened and it's precisely exactly the way it's supposed to be for us to be here. If, you know, if certain elements were a slight bit, a tiny bit degree higher or a tiny bit degree lower with, with, you know, interactions and stuff like that, we wouldn't be here. Life wouldn't be here. So every single thing and every single kind of thing has been set up for us to be here. But the way that we kind of interpret it is is that we think that we don't mean anything within it. Um, But really, it's our consciousness that's essentially the cause of it in the first place. And and there's always purpose. Um, But time is is, is where we... imprint memories right we imprint memories on time and that's why time starts to have such a meaning to us but it's more of a a way to store information than anything else it's only so that we can find it later right because if we don't have time we don't know where to put the information Hmm. so time is a filing system that's why when you're a kid and you go across town the first time, it seems like forever. Well, that's because you're filing a ton of information because you haven't been there before, right? So you might fill up a whole filing cabinet in a 25 or 30 minute trip. And if you compare that to other trips, it's like that took forever to fill up that file cabinet. But the amount of time that it took was only 25 minutes. But the next time you go, you don't have as much to put in the file cabinet so that it's only it only seems like 25 minutes and not five hours and then eventually you drive across town and you don't even think about it because there's really nothing to file because you've already seen it all 
<laughs> so it takes no time at all. And that's what they say about driving on autopilot. You got a lot of people that just kind of drive on autopilot. I find especially older people that say live in a certain area and they don't even bother indicating <laughs> because they, you know, they're just on autopilot all the time. And uh, right. <laughs> yeah, no, that's absolutely fascinating. Absolutely fascinating, I have to say. And um, it's just such a different perspective of looking at things and just the way that you're kind of, you know, talking about information being contained and, you know, all the energy of time and space. And not about pushing the energy itself, but actually, you know, rewriting the information. It's nearly like you're hacking. It's nearly like you're hacking energy work in a sense. Yeah. Or it's just that you're, you're changing the information so the energy will do something different. Instead of pushing the energy and hoping that it will change the information. Hmm. But it's well. coming at it from it's coming at it from the wave instead of trying to come at it from the particle and becoming the wave. Oh, wow. But that's, that's the big change. That I'm pushing. Basically, because I remember Bob, Bob Proctor talked about this um, in one of his courses years ago. He talked about like from going from the higher potential to the lower potential instead of the lower potential to the higher potential. And the way we're, we're brought up is to always think from low to high. Um, instead right. of thinking from the higher potential to the low potential. That's essentially what, what you're saying there is, is that the higher potential is the wave. That is the infinite possibilities. That is the quantum field. And the lower potential is the particle that is manifested out of that field. So essentially what you're doing is you're, you're manipulating the cause of particles, which is the wave. And you're doing that by changing the information, um, which is absolutely, that is absolutely fascinating concept. Absolutely fascinating. Because the only thing that makes a foot a foot is the information that it's a foot. <laughs> right? Because the same energy that makes a foot makes a hand, makes a tree. So let's say that I want to build an apple in your hand. And I know that everything around to build an apple is, is present. But the amount of energy that it would take for me to build an apple in your hand would wear me out. But as soon as I am able to grasp to know what is possible, I should be able to reach up in the sky and grab everything that I need and put an apple in your hand. <laughs> That's incredible. But the information is what makes things instant. So the shift is, is to step out of the moving energy to, to change the information and let's just change the information so the energy then does what we want it to do right mm. so if we're if we're not healthy no longer do we have to sit around and try and get healthier we just become health we, we become make the choice health. And then we become health. Healing wow. is a journey. Health is done. Healed is done. But so, you take the time component out of it. So essentially you're intuiting the vibration of health itself. And then you're intending to become that vibration of health itself. Right. Because health already exists in the field. Wow. Right. The only thing that is keeping somebody from being healthy is fear 
Now, there's some things that are harder than others, right? So I could sit around and try and focus on my on myself being 10 pounds lighter, having six-pack abs. But the amount of focused intention that that would take, it's almost easier to use that for other things and just to eat better and maybe exercise. So, right? so just because anything's possible does not always mean that we want to use what energy we have on that possibility. Like food makes it easier. Healthy food makes it even easier. Right? I've been doing a lot of fasting lately. And I'm gonna I'm gonna do a 30-day fast here starting on Monday. One, because I wanna push my limit of what's possible. And two, there's still little things that I would like to to change or to heal on my body that haven't healed. I have a a finger that I broke when I was 15 where the, the, the tendon is caught in the scar tissue so it doesn't straighten all the way, right? Mm. And through fasting and autophagy, the body should break all that scar tissue down and utilize it for, for whatever else it needs it for, right? I'd like to change my hairline because my hair is receding. So I want to see if through fasting and focused intention, I can change some of these things, right? Because this is still that same concept of the information, right? So just because a cell is a cell right now, it doesn't have to always be a cell. That cell can break down into whatever the building blocks of a cell are and feed the body with the information for new cells. Yeah, because but a cell ha contains all the information of any part of the body anyway, doesn't it? In, in, you know, innately. It contains all the information, but if, if you break that cell down, it, it contains all the proteins that are the building blocks of everything. So let's say I have a scar, and that scar is not serving my body. At some point through fasting, my body will say, I don't need that scar tissue anymore. I need to use that scar tissue for survival. So I will take that scar tissue and I will break it down into the building blocks and continue getting the body healthier. And what are your thoughts about the holographic universe? Do you know about that theory? Yeah. What are your thoughts you know, about I, that? Um, the fact it's essentially I mean, the same thing as the cell. Like it basically says that all the power and all the information of the universe is contained in one, you know, in the smallest unquantifiable piece of space. I mean, I would think that everything is, is based off of the same thing. So let's say that I wanted to build a tree and I wanted to build people and I wanted to build a car and I wanted to build all these different things, right? I'm not going to use different building blocks. Right? If I'm going to use Legos to build the universe, I'm going to use Legos to build everything. I'm not going to use Legos to build one thing and then an erector set to build something else. I'm going to make sure the building blocks are all the same. So if I'm going to make a foot, I'm going to make the foot out of the same thing the hand is made out of. I'm just going to use different information. Yeah, it reminds me of a book that I read years ago. Um, 
the science of getting rich and he talks about the universe just being one one intelligent substance from which all things proceed um, and basically you know everything is made of exactly the same stuff so that's essentially is the quantum field um, in essence yeah yeah so I mean that's empowering to, to, to know that we already have all the building blocks we already have everything that we need to be whole. We just have to allow ourselves to accept it. And, you know, a lot of it has to do with forgiving ourselves and forgiving others, right? Forgiveness separates us from anything that has happened in the past, right? So back to the rock, right? The, the rock not only symbolized the pain going into it, it also symbolized me forgiving myself and forgiving others and not holding on to anything, right? Because again, our, the only attachment we have to the last moment in time is our own thinking. But forgiveness allows us to separate ourselves from everything that has happened, right? If we want to empower ourselves, we forgive ourselves and we forgive everybody else. If we don't forgive somebody, then we're still holding on to the past. Yeah. And that prevents the miracle from happening because the miracle only happens in the present. The present is in the presence. <laughs> right? The gift is presence. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. Um yeah, I mean, look, I could talk to you for hours about this type of stuff. Um yeah, so we'll just wrap this up anyway. So, um where can people find out more about you um if they want to look into the instant healing? Well, that's a good question. So, I mean, you can find me on Facebook, Michael Lumen, M-I-K-A-E-L-L-U-M-A-N. I'm just in the process of getting my website up and running. So, obviously, stay tuned and I'll have some more information soon. If people want to contact me through you, they could probably do that for now. But I, I'm hoping here in the next week or two to have everything up so that it's a lot easier to, to get a hold of me. Excellent, excellent. And I'll tell you one thing, I'll definitely have you back on the show, Mike. I love talking to you about this type of stuff. <laughs> For sure. So, uh, now, what, one of the things that, that excites me is I like, to, I like to do possibilities, right? I mean, instead of talking about it, let, let's next time, you know, have you stick your hand out and see what you can pick up on and, you know, see what we can do. Absolutely. 100%. I'd absolutely love that. Okay. So that's about it for this episode, folks. I hope you've got some uh, nice insights and some value there. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Talk to you soon. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode today, guys. I really, really appreciate your support. Um, if you had any breakthroughs or realizations during this episode, I'd really love to hear about them. You can comment on the Journey Within Facebook page. You can write a review on the podcast platform, or you can even email me directly at nigelmiller.ie at gmail.com. And if you feel you gained immense value from this episode, donations through PayPal are always appreciated. Um, also, is there something in your life that you find yourself struggling with? Is it something that you feel maybe I could help you with? If so, feel free to go ahead and book a free 15-minute consultation with me at calendly.com forward slash journey within. That's C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y dot com forward slash journey within.